0: Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.
1: You ought to be responding to each new situation and each person that you encounter with fresh eyes. As if you had never seen them before, as if you knew nothing about them, as if you were totally reasonable, totally rational, totally non-emotional. That's the way that you must respond to everyone.
0: Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Respond with Fresh Eyes. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo.
1: My name is Roland, and the program is called Shedding Shackles. Let's begin today's program by talking about a phenomenon which is called hypnosis. And it's a problem that we all have. The human race, by and large, most people, most of the time, are in some level of trance state. When you see people walking around, you can't really detect it, but let's say you encounter someone, and they respond to you with like or with dislike. They respond to you with some sort of emotion or They are obsequious, and they uh, seem like they want to please you. Or, on the other hand, they're rebellious and contrarian for no apparent reason. They have some emotion toward you or some sort of a reaction to you. You can be sure that they're in some level of trance state, and they are responding to you as they did to someone in the past. Something about you, it could be your tone of voice, the way you look, the color of your hair, the the color of the jacket that you have on, your height, something that you have in your hand. It could be the color of your eyes. It could be anything about you whatsoever, or it could be the circumstance. You're standing at the, the head of a classroom, or you're in an office setting, or you're sitting behind a desk, or you you have on uh, overalls and a tape measure in your hand. It could be anything about you, or the circumstance. It could be the time of day. It could be the angle of the sun. It could be the temperature. It could be something about you or the situation that reminds them of something from the past, reminds them consciously or unconsciously probably unconsciously, and it reinstitutes a mild trance state. And then they respond to you, react to you, as they did to that person in the past, or that circumstance in the past. So I can't say it any more clearly than that. And so people go around, and, and they respond to other people because of something from the past. So it's that simple. Now, of course, people can be controlled that way. If you have on a, a white coat, or you're at the head of a classroom, or you're sitting behind a desk, or you have an authoritative mien about you, then you will find some people, most people will respond to you as if you were an authority, and they'll do what you tell them to do because they are in a trance. And then there are some people who will rebel against you, The fact that you have a white coat on, the fact that you're sitting behind a desk, the fact that you uh, have a certain tone of voice, and they immediately resent you and dislike you and rebel against anything you tell them because that's the way they reacted to someone in their past. Do you understand? So, but I want you to see that if you can see what I'm saying is true about other people that you have met. Well, I want you to ponder the fact that maybe you are the same as that. You are going around responding to people as if it was someone from your past. So here comes a bossy person, and you immediately dislike them and and want to rebel against them, just like you did to some teacher in the past or to your mom in the past. Or here comes some authority figure and you find yourself wanting to please them. Or here comes even somebody who you immediately take a liking to somehow. They remind you of someone from your past that you responded to emotionally. Do you see? Well, so what's not good about that is that you ought to be responding to each new situation and each person that you encounter with fresh eyes as if you had never seen them before, as if you knew nothing about them, as if you were totally aware, totally reasonable, totally rational, totally non-emotional. That's the way that you must respond to everyone. So now you can see if people are walking around in in some sort of a trance state, they respond to each other like zombies. They respond to each other like they did to someone from the past, and you never meet the real person. They never meet the real you. You never meet the real them. You're responding to the image of someone from your past who you liked or who you hated who or who upset you or who excited you or who made you angry or who hurt you. Do you understand? Time ago, when you were a little child, you could you could do one thing and then another and then another and another, and you yeah you know what they call that now? They they call it what do they call it? Hyperactivity or something like that. Well, some kids are hyperactive, but others they just go from one thing to another. It's perfectly natural. You do this for a few minutes and then something else, and you do this for a minute, then you do that, and you. You do one thing and then suddenly you go ask a question and then you rush away and do something else. That's perfectly natural, that's the way I am. I'm 70 years old and that's the way I am. I do a little this and a little that. When I'm no longer interested in it, I put it down and I do something else. That's the natural way, free, unencumbered. See, so that's what you you must find. The other problem that causes you to react wrongly to other people and then they react to your reaction to them is something called judgment. Something called judgment. Let's say that you're a parent and you have a child and the child has uh, has um, been in the habit of uh, not making their bed in the morning. I'm just making something up. let so they don't make their bed in the morning. And you have to remind them, don't forget to make your bed, don't forget to make your bed. But if you become judgment, if you resent them, you resent having to tell them, you resent having to remind them, you resent them, you form a judgment. Then the next morning, here comes your child, and in your mind is a judgment. I bet she didn't make her bed. Did you make your bed? No, I knew it. I knew you wouldn't make your bed. I just knew it. Now go make your bed. So you can see, first of all, you judge them. So first of all, you judge them. And then secondly, what's going to happen? They're going to respond to your judgment of them, And they're going to judge you for judging them. Do you understand? So now you have a whole world full of people judging everybody else, judging people in their family, wives judging their husbands, husbands judging their wives, judging their kids, judging everybody they meet. So judgment, you see, is a type of, um, in a way, you could almost call it a type of hypnosis in that when you judge another person, you are responding to them as if they were someone from your past or as if they were doing something deliberately, or as if they were doing it on purpose. So, do you see the falsity of that? It's a falsity. You're responding to them as if they're doing something for some reason that you have in your mind. They're doing it on purpose. They're doing it to spite you. They're doing it to hurt you. They're doing it because they're lazy. Do you see when you form a judgment, it's false. It always rings false. There may be a little bit of truth in it, but mostly it's false. And so, it's an unreality. You see, when people go into the hypnotic state, they do things, and then they somehow, at some level, they realize that they're doing something that's not right or not proper or not reasonable or not their own desire, not their own will, and then they retreat into daydreams. They retreat into daydreams and live in the imagination because they feel safe. They don't have to see the truth about their own reactions. They don't have to see the truth about their own actions, see, about the fact that they're not living their own life. So, they retreat into the unreality of daydreams. The problem with that is that when you retreat into a daydream, when you retreat into your imagination, you can be controlled there. Because someone on the outside can feed you information so that you begin to form word pictures in your mind and you you step into the reality that they're that there painting for you with their words. Do you understand? Or that they're suggesting. And then the other problem is, now let's look at it from the other point of view, from the point of view of the person who's being judged. They see you judging them, and they judge you for judging them. Do you see? They sense there's no love in it. There's no truth in it. They sense that it's an unreality. They sense that you have pigeonholed them, that you have some preconceived idea about them, or some prejudice about them, or some notion about them. And now they're forced to either live with that, to know you have that notion and resent you for it, or to conform to it. They might even conform to it just to spite you. They think, well, if he thinks I'm stupid, okay, then I'm just going to act stupid. See? But they judge you. And now they have a negative judgment about you. So you have the whole world going around judging each other with these unreal constructs. So how do you get away from that? How do you begin to see the real person and see people with fresh eyes? So now let's get back to the the example of the parent who has judged her daughter. See, the fact that the judgment is false, see, that's why it's close to hypnosis, like I said. The fact that the judgment is false and not true means that it has to be rationalized somehow. So the mom forms the judgment that her daughter has judged that the daughter is not making her bed because—and she forms some rationale—because she's dumb, because she's, she's uh, lazy, because she's trying to irritate me, because she, she's, she doesn't care, because she's selfish— because she's spoiled. Do you understand all these false rationalizations? Yes, there may be a kernel of truth in it. But on the other hand, the daughter may be becoming that way because you judge her that way, and her daughter thinks, well, if that's the way she judges me, then I'll just be that way. See? But anyway, there's a falsity to it, and so this falsity has to be rationalized. So now you understand what's what's wrong with it. So what should this mom do? Well, she should... Take a mental step back. Learn to stand back from her judgment. See that it's wrong. See that it's unfair. See that it's cruel. See that it doesn't have any love in it. Let it go. Watch for the emotions, especially the one of resentment. Let it go. Let it pass. And then, the next day, when her daughter is there, She sees her daughter with fresh eyes. There's no judgment. Did you make your bed? No? Well, don't forget to make your bed. But on the other hand, one day she will be surprised. Did you make your bed? Yes, Mom. Oh, that's nice. You see? Fresh eyes. And her daughter will then see the fresh eyes, see that her mom's not judging her, and it also has a wonderful effect on the daughter. So it's just beautiful all the way around. Learn to see people with fresh eyes instead of judging them. Watch for judgment. Now, if you are totally hypnotized, if you are lost in your emotions, if you're lost in your reactions, if you're lost in your daydreams, which most people are most of the time, then you won't be able to see if you are forming a judgment and making up unreal rationale for it. You won't even see it because you're lost in your emotions and your daydreams and your judgments. Do you understand? So you have to stand back. Stand back. And if you need help standing back, you can get the, little, the simple little meditation that I have. It's so helpful and it's free. It helps you to, to learn how to take a mental step back. And then watch your emotions and let them pass. Watch your judgments. Let them pass.
0: The listener call-in line is available 24-7. Call Roland now at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your question, and Roland may answer your question on the air. This is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'm also a pianist and played several solo recitals between the ages of 12 and 15. I studied piano at Southern Oregon University and played for a homeschool choir between the ages of 12 and 18. I played all of the music that you hear on Shedding Shackles and I still perform in the San Francisco Bay Area. Thanks for listening. Learn to see people with fresh eyes,
1: and your relationships will improve. And not only that, but your guilt will go away. It's wrong. It's not human. It's not human. It's not loving to look at people with judgment, preconceived ideas about them. And so for that, you feel guilty. You come in conflict with your Creator. That's right. He doesn't want you to judge other people. It's okay to discern, but not to judge. Do you see the difference between discerning and judging? Judging has a little pinch of resentment in it, a little piece of lovelessness in it, whereas discerning is simply seeing. One plus one equals two. Oh, okay. See, very simple. Did you make your bed? No. Okay, make your bed. See, so you should be able to do that. A thousand days in a row. You didn't make your bet? Okay, make your bet. You should be able to do that a thousand days in a row without forming a, a judgment. See? So Christ said, How many times to forgive? He said 70 times seven. In other words, always forgive. How many times see people with fresh eyes without without judging them, without hating them, without condemning them? See, there it is. Condemnation. you see how condemnation is false? How do you feel when people condemn you? All right, now you can see why you must wake up. You are so lost in your emotions, so lost in your daydreams, so lost in your distractions and your worries and doubts and fears and everything else that you can't see the forest for the trees. You can't even see whether you're forming bad judgments about people. See, you see the effect you're having on them by the way they react to you, the way your kids react to you. Are they rebelling? Are they unhappy? Are they conforming because they're afraid of you? Or are they just trying to please you? Or are they really growing to be independent? Do you want them to be dependent upon you all your life, either out of guilt for hating you or out of of just worshiping you? Of course not. You want them to be free and strong and independent. So you're going to have to learn how to take a step back and Watch your own reactions with objectivity. Don't judge yourself either. Don't say, I'm no good. I always mess up. No, 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 no. See, stand back and just watch. Discern. See in the light what's true. And your life will improve dramatically. And all you have to do is start doing it. And how do you do it? Well, my little meditation does help. And also, you can just... Endeavor to be aware. Realize that what you need is truth. You need the light of truth to shine upon things. You've tried to solve everything and make things right. It hasn't worked out. So instead of doing it your way, your prideful, egotistical way, why not do it God's way? Judge not, Christ said. Okay? You can discern, but take the pinch of judgment out of it. And then maybe you can meet your real parent. Your real child, the real person, your real partner, and relate to them as a human being, soul to soul. See, it could be so beautiful.
0: The listener call in line is available 24 7. Call Roland now at 510 455 8851. That's 510 455 Eight, eight, five, one. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your question, and Roland may answer your question on the air.
1: Johnny Wooden. Do you remember Johnny Wooden? Johnny Wooden said that a coach, a good coach, is someone who can correct you without making you resentful? Isn't that beautiful? Well, why don't you let your conscience, which is your closest link to God, that's your contact. Do you realize that your contact, your yes, your conscience is your contact with the kingdom of God? It's from God, your conscience. And when he makes you aware that you're being impatient or you're being mean or you're being phony or you're being hateful or you're being selfish, when you become aware of that, just be aware of it. Don't try to do anything. Don't try to run from it. Don't reach for your iPhone. Don't reach for a drink. Don't reach for music. Just be aware of it. And God is rubbing your nose a little bit in your wrong, but he does it in a way that you don't become resentful. You see it, And it's a sad glad. You're sad to see you're wrong, but you're glad to see it. I'm sitting very quietly in my chair. I have my hands in a prayer-like position, fingertip to fingertip, very gently. I don't even try to make my palms come together. I just let my fingers touch each other gently. My eyes are closed, and I'm looking at the inside of my eyelids, and what I see are little twinkles of light, little pixels of light, a delicate glow of light. But when I'm sitting here quietly, aware of my hands and looking at the inside of my eyelids. I'm not lost in my imagination. I'm not lost in daydreams. I'm not lost in worries. I'm not planning and scheming for the future or reliving the past. I'm sitting here very quietly, and it's a very nice state to be in, a state of being, a state of mind, a state of my soul. And now if I were to open my eyes and someone came to me with a question, then I could respond without coloration from the past. In other words, no emotion, nothing from the past rising up to interfere with clear seeing of what the present situation is, and I would be able to respond with reason, And not with emotion. In fact, I might even find wisdom. You're not going to find wisdom looking into the storehouse of knowledge to dredge something up that you heard somewhere or read somewhere or somebody told you or what your tricky imagination brings up. It's always without love. Its timing is always wrong. It does more harm than good you're better off just to stand quietly with the other person and lift up your eyes and silently inquire of your Creator. And maybe you will see the meaning of the moment. And maybe nothing even has to be said. The other person will see that you're not judging, you're not pre-planning, your ego is out of the way and it's a beautiful thing. And if something comes to you intuitively, then it'll be right. It's a very simple way of living. And so Christ told us not to worry about tomorrow. He wants you to be in the moment. And when your child is there or your partner is there, be there. You are a real person, and you will see them as a real person. And love may come through, and it'll be very, very beautiful. So why do I sit quietly with my fingertips together in a prayer-like fashion? And why do I close my eyes and look at the inside of my eyelids? It's so I can become centered and calm. It's kind of like praying, Christ said. You know not even what to ask for. But nevertheless, we inquire of our Creator wordlessly, and He answers. Christ said, go in your closet, close the door, and pray to your Father, and ask Him in private, and then He will give you openly what you ask for in private. So don't pray for other people to see you praying. Don't try to make an impression on others. Instead, be quietly with your Creator and wait upon Him, and He will sense that you are wanting to know Him and to know the truth, and you will somehow know the right thing to do. Many times with our partner and with our kids and in life, we're not sure what to do. Everybody tells us what to do, we're not sure. But if you wait upon God without impatience, without anxiety, then he will answer. And somehow you'll just know what to do, and it'll be right, and it'll be beautiful, because it's a walk with God. He is your Heavenly Father. You must look upon him as your good Heavenly Father, and he is there, and Inquire of him and look to him for everything. That's what Jesus did, and that's what you must do also. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.